Won't you join me for a word of prayer? A holy and most wise God, we are grateful that you are a God on whom we can depend. In fact, the words of the song are true that can't nobody do us like Jesus. And so we're so uh, grateful today for your love and your care and your mercy towards us. Now, God, as we shift into a moment of hearing from your word, uh, it's my prayer and my hope that your spirit will saturate this moment in this atmosphere right now, God. Have your way uh, with the hearts of your people, preparing them to hear and be receptive uh, to your word, God. Punish not your people for the frailty of your preacher, but use me in spite of me, that your people would be edified and that you, God, would get all of the glory. It is in the mighty and the matchless name of our returning, resurrected, uh, and risen Redeemer, Jesus the Christ, we pray. And all God's children said, Amen and amen again new level of worship we praise god for you um, for your gifts of, of singing we thank you for your energy and for blessing us today in song we invite you to join us this morning as we turn uh, our attention to the book of the prophet isaiah uh, the book of the prophet isaiah chapter 43 isaiah chapter 43 beginning at verse number 16 isaiah 43 Beginning at verse number 16, it should be popping up on your screen as we read together um, from the New International Version. Uh, you'll find these words uh, written in the text. It says this in verse 16, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God. Uh, for the time that we have together this morning, I'd like to tag this particular text with the topic, holding on to hope, holding on to hope, holding on to hope. I'm sure this morning that there are many of us who have been in the place where just knowing that we are connected to a faithful God has helped us to endure the difficult moments of right now while not allowing our hope to give in to despair. We know that trouble doesn't last always and we find ourselves able to keep living in a place of hopefulness about what is to come because we know that trouble can't outlast God. In fact, this truth is mo more than any is one that allows us to wait expectantly because of what we know already about God. Uh, but today, uh, this morning on this homecoming Sunday, I want to talk to some folks who find themselves struggling to hang on to hope in these moments of hopefulness. Y'all, it was already hard before the pandemic showed up, disrupting our rhythm and our routine. But this new season of uncertainty uh, has only magnified the hopelessness that we were struggling to fight against. It was already difficult living in uh, this covert world of oppression. 
but now it has resurfaced blatantly in politics and policing, and we are constantly reminded about how the country's majority culture views brown and black people. Uh, and if I was honest with you today, I would have to admit that in recent days and weeks and even months, I found myself uh, in the midst of a struggle with giving in to the hopelessness of this particular season of life. I've slipped in and out of a hope-filled consciousness because uh, it feels like all at once life is chaotic and unstable. Uh, and trying to figure out how to lead myself, how to lead my family and our church through this uncharted territory has been equal parts exhilarating and overwhelming. Uh, the upheaval that comes from the pandemic alongside the continuing racial and political tensions coupled with the with normal suddenly being and uh, change and drastically redefined has been hard. Seeing the rising numbers of deaths and cases of COVID-19 has been hard. Uh, adding a new name to the list of brothers and sisters who are victims of police brutality every couple of days is hard. Listening to the leaders that we are supposed to put our trust in lie about public health and economic solvency is hard. Trying to figure out how in the world to keep a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old actively learning and progressing and growing when the plan for them was to be in somebody's school or daycare is hard. Trying to be creative while preaching and leading in this season is hard. And to be clear this morning, these are not complaints. These are realities about these unprecedented times. And I'm sure that uh, your list of new and challenging realities are like mine. And if we aren't careful, we can find ourselves in a place of diminishing hope. Uh, but this morning I've come. Uh, to let you know that in spite of our changing and temporary circumstances, God is eternal and everlasting. Uh, in spite of what we might face, God is faithful and unfailing. There is, as the hymn writer says, no shadow of turning with God. His mercies are new every morning. And while the world is constantly changing, God never changes. And because we can count on God's consistency, that means that we have a reason to hold on to our hope. Uh, this, the second half of the book of Isaiah uh, beginning in chapter 40, contains an important message of hope for the Israelite people who found themselves in this holding pattern in exile under the Babylonian Empire. These were a people who longed for their homeland because they were looking for deliverance from their oppressors. Because of their transgressions uh, as a nation, they found themselves more and more disconnected from God. They knew they were the Lord's people. But their memory of God was mostly connected to the stories that were passed down through generations. Yet God shows up with words of comfort in chapter 40, seeking to reassure the people of God through the voice of the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 43, uh, we find begins with being centered around these two ideas that God's people are precious in God's sight and that God's people are witnesses to God's glory. Uh, because of the oppression of the nation of Israel under the hand of the Babylonian Empire, the people were removed from the idea that God cared about them. 
uh, in their opinion, if God cared, God would not have abandoned them as they were languishing away under foreign rule. Yet God reassures the people of Israel through the text that they are God's people, so much so that God is willing to sacrifice to protect and to keep them. And in the opening verses of chapter 43, we see God seeking to bring hope to the people uh, with his presence that he will be with them to guide them and protect them in this season of their existence. Just as he has been with them down through their history, he tells them, uh, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Uh, through trial, trouble, and transition, God has made a promise to the people that no matter what you face, no matter where you go, no matter what you come against, I will be with you. The same promise God has made to the exiled Israelite nation is the same promise that God has given to us. God will be with us. Trouble will come. Trials will come against us, but God will be with us. Transitions will happen. Tragedy will show up, but God will be with us. God has not forgotten about us. God knows right where we are. God will be with us. And if there is any reason uh, that we can hold on to our hope on this homecoming Sunday morning, it is simply because God will be with us. God has been here. God is here right now in this moment. God will be here. God has a proven track record of taking care of God's people. It might not feel like it in this season of our lives, but God is working things out even right now. God has a plan for our situation. God is working out something for our collective and communal circumstance. God has already worked out the things that we are currently worried about. And because we serve such a great God, God, we have to hold on to our hope in the face of despair and uncertainty because God is good. God is faithful. God is loving. God is concerned about we, his people, who are precious in his sight. And we can live in the uncertainty of today with hope for tomorrow. So then this morning, how do we hold on to our hope in the face of situations and circumstances that uh, would seek to leave us? hopeless. Well, the first thing the text teaches us is that we can hold on to our hope when we remember the mighty acts of God. Check the text in verse 16 and 17 and says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a, a, a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses and the army reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Uh, what is important to recognize is that even though verse 16 starts with the phrase, this is what the Lord says, uh, there is no direct quote from God until after verse 17. Uh, that means that verses 16 and verse uh, 17, the prophet uses uh, to provide a testimony of the one of, of one of the most well-known moments and evidence of God's power and presence in the history of the Israelite nation. He recalls the passage from Exodus 14 in which God opened up dry 
high ground in the middle of the Red Sea when it looked like Pharaoh and the army uh, would capture the Israelites and take them back to captivity. Uh, in a moment when he was preparing to reveal more from God, the prophet has to help the people remember who God has already been to them. In this season of uncertainty and transition, it was important for the prophet to help them remember what was on God's resume. Uh, remembering what God has done ought to provide us with hope in moments of uncertainty, even as we anticipate God showing up in the present time. I would dare suggest that the prophet was reminding the people about the mighty acts of God in the past in order to shore up their trust about God in the present and into the future. Uh, and perhaps it would be a good idea as God's people for us to take a trip down memory lane to remind us of the great things that the Lord has already done so that we don't falter in the face of our present reality. Things in our nation uh, today seem to be getting worse by the day for brown and black folks. We are tired from the generational oppression and trauma, but our testimony is that God is a keeper. It was God who kept us from 1619 to 1863 when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. It was God who sustained us from Reconstruction through Jim and J Jane Crow, and God raised up countless leaders to educate and advocate for the rights of black folks and poor folks in America through marches and boycotts, through beatings and lynchings. It was the Lord who worked through folks like Martin Luther King Jr. and John Lewis and Bayard Rustin and Dorothy Hype and others to push the government to make law of voting rights and civil rights. It was the Lord that kept us when our leaders like Malcolm and Medgar and Fred Hampton were gunned down by the government conspiracy. Crack tried to take us out. Gun and gang violence tried to take us out. Police brutality and white supremacy is still trying to take us out. Health access disparities are trying to take us out. Lack of economic mobility opportunity is trying to take us out. But every time it was the Lord that allowed us to raise our voices and hope that we shall overcome. And God is strengthening the voices of today and shifting the landscape of our collective psyche, not in the redecoration of and removal of monuments, but in the deconstruction and dismantling of racist systems and supremacist ideologies. Uh, but not only as black and brown people in America collectively, uh, ought we remember what the Lord has done, but we ought to remember the testimony of our own life. If you just look back on what God has already done for you, I believe you will discover that God has made some ways that are unexpected. God healed your body when everybody else said you were going to die. God put food on your table and in your belly when you didn't know where your next meal was coming from. God protected you from things and folks that meant you harm. God kept you from losing your mind when everything and everyone else around you was in chaos. God delivered you from the addictions and delivered you from the relationships and delivered you from the situations that were draining the life out of you. God made more ends meet than you can count. God opened more doors than you will ever know. God blocked more things than you even realized. And if it's if God showed up in God's mighty power in your life, then God is well able to do it again. And not just for you, but for your family and for your church and for your community and for the world. In fact, the testimony of our life ought to be that through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. It was grace that brought me safe thus far. And it's God's grace that will lead me on when you 
take time today uh, to remember what God did yesterday, uh, you can hold on to your hope for tomorrow. Uh, The text helps us because it reminds us uh, that we can hold on to hope. Uh, We can hold on uh, to hope when we remember God's mighty acts. But also it reminds us that we can hold on to hope when we recognize God's movement. Check the text in verse 18 and 19a. The Lord says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? What is intriguing about this command from the Lord is that it follows a description of what the Lord has done. Verses 16 and 17 serve as a reminder of God's delivery action in the past. But now it seems as if God is saying, forget about that. Uh, Forget what God has done for the new thing that God is doing. The story of the parting of the Red Sea has moved from the lived experience of the Israelites to historical record. When the Israelites needed a reminder about God's power, this was among the first examples that they would bring up in conversation around uh, family dinner tables. Uh, That's fine for a reminder to build confidence. Uh, But running back to the moves of God in the lives of their foreparents meant that they were missing out on what God was doing in the present moment of their own lives. Their connection with what God uh, was based, uh, were, their connection with God was based on what they were told, not on what they experienced. Notice the key uh, words of contrast in the verses. Forget, do not dwell. Then it says, see and now. God was seeking to redirect their attention from what God had done to what God was in the process of doing. And I would dare suggest this morning that while history can be helpful, it should not be our practice to live life backwards. Our history with God should only bolster our confidence in what God is able to accomplish in our future. But it's hard to recognize what God is doing in front of us if we're always looking behind us. If every other word out of your mouth is that's not the way we used to do it or we've never done it this way before or we need to go back to the old time way, I would dare say that you are in danger of missing what God is trying to do in your life, in your community, in your relationship, in your church, or in your family right now. If we never let go of the way God did something before, we can't make room for the way God wants to move right now. And woe to the church, woe to the community, woe to the person that is living on the leftovers of past miracles. Trying to recreate what was in hopes that God will show up the same way that God did before. Boxing God into a moment or a season. Perhaps the beauty that we can find in the midst of the pandemic and the protest and all of that we're going through in this very moment is discovering another side of God's power, God's nature, and God's identity. Maybe we've been trying to limit God uh, to the boundaries of our experience, and God is showing us in this season that there are no boundaries that can contain God. God is bigger than your box. God has moved beyond your golden era. God has moved on to the next thing. And you can either stay where you are and die because you are disconnected from the spirit of God. Or you can find life by following God as God moves. In the world of our scripture, the people were more focused on how God did what God did uh, for their ancestors. And this is why we ought not get so caught up in the way things used to be because they aren't that way anymore. So the method that worked in a previous time and in a previous place may not work in this current season. 
we have to be careful about placing our hopes in things that are, are not built to support it. God doesn't want you to have faith in a method, but wants you to have faith in the master who knows the right method for your current situation. Methods don't matter if they aren't powered by the master's hand. When we settle in what God did, we miss what God is doing. This is what God was teaching the children of Israel in the wilderness by giving them new manna every day. If they tried to keep the old manna, it was spoiled so that they had to be dependent on God's hand for providing for them and giving them new manna every day. This is why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Because we can't do what God needs us to do and be who God needs us to be trying to live in the glory of the past. God's got something new and fresh to help us bring forth his glory in the earth. We are living in a new season and it requires a fresh move of God. We have been granted a new opportunity in the form of new challenges to follow God and to trust that God will uh, lead us into the resources that we need to rise to the challenges before us. We aren't the same as we were 2015, five years ago, shoot, even six months ago. This church isn't the same as it was 30 30 years ago, 17 years ago, four years ago, two weeks ago, or at the beginning even of this year, uh, we ought to be asking God to guide us into innovation and creativity that uniquely unleashes God's glory in the world. We should be asking God to help us remember God's power from the past, but open our eyes and open our hearts to what God is up to right now, because the same power that was moving then is the same power that is moving right now right now. The same power that was healing then is the same power that's healing right now. The same power that was delivering then is the same power that's delivering right now. The same power that was liberating then is the same power that is liberating right now. It might look different. It might feel different. It might reveal itself different than it did before, but it's still the same power. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on the power moves that God is making right now and our prayer ought to be Lord whatever you're doing in this season please don't do it without me don't do it without me we can hang on to our hope when we uh, remember God's mighty acts we can hang on to our hope uh, when we recognize God's movement uh, finally this morning we can hang on to our hope uh, when we begin to rejoice in the renewal of God Verses 19b through 21, the Lord continues to say, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals uh, honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people uh, I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. God sees the desolate and the desperate place that the people find themselves in as they are in exile. Unlike their ancestors, they aren't facing a body of water as an obstacle for their deliverance. Perhaps proverbially, God juxtaposes the exodus ordeal with the place of disconnection in which they find themselves. The wilderness and the wasteland language remind us of the 40-year uh, period where the people uh, of Israel were wandering through the desert because of their disobedience. And this is what has happened to this current generation of the people of Israel. Their disobedience to God landed them in a place of disconnection. Yet notice what God says here in the text. God is making a way 
and water in, and bringing forth water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Uh, I believe that we all can identify with what it feels like uh, to be in a place of desperation and disconnection. It seems as if God is far off and has forgotten about us in our situation. Uh, whatever the challenge is, it seems as it will never end. The troubles pile up. The tragedy is a commonplace. Trial after trial comes our way in waves. We are desperate for relief. We are at the end of our uh, rope. We are at a dead end. And it feels like uh, the Lord is far away and unconcerned about our plight. But what we must recognize uh, is that God might feel far away, but that God is never far away from us. Uh, God is watching us and God is waiting and God is moving on God's timing. Uh, check the text. Notice what God does. Uh, God provides a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Uh, we ought not miss that uh, before God creates a way in the sea. But here he says he's going to create a way in the desert. Dry land with no clear uh, path will become easily navigated for the people. God's power from a previous generation will be applied to a new circumstance, delivering a new generation of Israelites out of exile and back to Jerusalem, the city of God. God provides sources of renewal for the people to be refreshed and reinvigorated in the midst of their circumstances. Uh, see why God does it. God says it in the text. Uh, he does it to give drink to my people, uh, my chosen, the people I formed to myself. God is making a way uh, and providing water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland so that the people may proclaim his praise. And here's what we have to remember. Uh, that being God's people comes with having access to God's promise. And we know that God is not slack about God's promise. Uh, for even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Uh, God promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, God promised that I will be with you to the end of the age. God promised I will supply your needs according to his riches in a glory. God promised that no weapon formed against you or me shall prosper. God promised that we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And when you know God's promise, you can rest in God's promise. And when you know God's promise and you rest in God's promise, when you know that God is working on your behalf, then you can rejoice. When you're confident that even though you can't see what God is doing, that God is working because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, you can rejoice. Uh, you can praise God even when you can't see all that God is up to. It, it doesn't make sense right now. I know it doesn't feel good right now. I know it doesn't feel stable right now, but you can praise God in the midst of the chaos. You can praise God in the midst of the crisis. You can go to God in the midst of dealing with your own proverbial a borrowed tomb lion's den or fiery furnace. You can praise God in the midst of the trouble that you face. You can rejoice knowing that God is working it out for your good right now. So I know it's been hard and I know you don't know all what it means but you've got to hold on to your hope and you find your hope in God. I know there's a reason that you're still standing after 
all you've seen, after all you've been through, after all you've dealt with, you've got to hold on to your hope. You're getting tired and it feels like the pandemic is wearing on and it'll never come to an end. It feels like that police brutality is never going to stop. It feels like we're never going to get past all of these racial and communal issues that we have. But you've got to hold on to your hope. You can cry if you need to. You can pout for a little while, uh, but you don't deny that God is working and is up to something. So after you've wiped your eyes, after you've uh, gotten up and gotten yourself together, you've got to grab your hope and keep on moving forward because God is moving. God is working. God is doing something new in this season. God is doing something amazing right now, uh, even though it doesn't look like it from what you've seen. Uh, So be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Uh, Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. Uh, I just want to encourage you today uh, to hold on to your hope. Hold on to your hope. Don't let the season or the circumstance get the best of you. And I'm talking to you as somebody who's struggling right now. that we can't let the season get the best of us. Sit down and cry for a little while, but get back up and get in the fight. Take your rest for a moment. Pull back, do what you got to do, but get back up. Don't let hopelessness get the best of you. Hold on to your hope because God is making ways right now. Rejoice in the fact that God is moving, that God is working, that even when it doesn't feel like it, that you can find hope knowing that God is there for you and with you. Come on, let's bow for a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the promise of your presence that is the source of our hope. That even as we struggle in this season of challenge, in this season of seeking to figure out what is going on in this season of shifting and changing and of the unthinkable becoming reality. God, we know that you are here with us. God, help us to hold on to our hope. Remind us every day that your mercies are new every morning, that you are yet faithful unto us, that you won't leave us nor forsake us. God, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.